hello, and welcome, or welcome back to the Live Label Free Podcast. I'm your host, Livia Sarah, and today I'll be chatting with my lovely friend, Louise Chandler, who you likely know as at neurodivergent underscore Lou on Instagram. Now, if you do know Lou from social media, I'm sure we can agree right off the bat that she is one of the most incredible creators in the autistic and neurodivergent space. Lou's content is beyond valuable, not only for autistic people, but for anyone who seeks to better understand and support neurodivergent individuals. But what are the personal effects of being a full-time autistic content creator? How do Louise and I balance our energy between social media, speaking, and in Lou's case, being a student, and needing time to rest and recharge our autistic minds? In today's episode, Louise and I dive into the impact of hustle culture on autistics, how this can lead to burnout, the importance of slowing down, and at the end, Lou answers the quintessential question, what does it mean to live a meaningful life? We get into all that and more, and just a little warning, I even start crying at some point when Lou shows her thoughts on my book, Rainbow Girl. That being said, if you have not yet read Rainbow Girl, grab your very own copy at livelabelfreebooks.com, where you can also grab a copy of my cookbook, Nourishing Neurodiversity. In fact, you can even score a discount when you bundle both books, and that goes for both the paperback and the ebook bundle. Buying my books directly from livelabelfreebooks.com doesn't only inspire you and your loved ones to nourish autistic people, but it's also a way to support me as an autistic creator so I can continue delivering valuable free content and continue to have amazing guests on the show. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's conversation with Lou. Gotta put one foot in front of the other, and you'll be around the corner soon. Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast, where you'll learn to let go of limiting labels and embrace your unique brain. As my mom says so beautifully in her song, Which is why on this podcast, you'll learn the scientific links between neurodiversity and eating disorders, giving you a deeper understanding of how you can face your fears and become truly free. Together, you and me, we will keep putting one foot in front of the other. Hey, Lou, welcome back to the Live Label Free podcast. How are you feeling today? Hi, thank you so much for having me back. It's so good to be on today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me and Lou and I were just talking about how Lou was on the podcast like over two years ago. I don't even remember when exactly, but all I remember was that I was sitting in a closet in my Airbnb in San Diego um, because the traffic was just absolutely insane. And now I'm back in the Netherlands and I was in London last week. Um, so yeah, kind of been rushing around all over the place. Um, so 
yeah, I'm really, really excited to talk to you about slowing down and autistic burnout and, you know, knowing inherently in your heart that you need rest, but just feeling like that's impossible as an autistic person. <laughs> um, so yeah, kind of to start off, I think it would be really helpful to kind of get a glimpse in the day-to-day -day life of Neurodivergent Lou because you are a busy bee with just everything and all the work you do, not only on Instagram, but like public speaking now, like you were in the magazine, you're on TV, <laughs> like you are just going to be the next biggest celebrity in the entire world. Um, so yeah, what does day-to-day -day life feel like for you when it comes to time specifically? Um, so for example, for me, I often wake up immediately feeling like, oh no, there's too much to do, the day is too short, um, I'm already behind kind of thing, which obviously only gets worse as the day progresses. So what's your experience with, with time like on a daily basis? Yeah, so I think my experience with time is really similar to how you experience it, that you're waking up already feeling like you're constantly behind and the day hasn't even started yet. Um, I think there is so much of a tendency to like want to cram everything into the day and there's almost this sense of like I'm running out of time. And I think that is part of like the autistic experience of like comparing ourselves to other people and recognizing that perhaps our capacity isn't as big as other people's but also wanting to keep up with those kind of like societal norms but I think that can be massive in terms of like the sense of like running out of time but also the kind of feeling that we want to slow down um, and kind of rest and prioritize our self-care but I think for me on a daily basis like I'm rushing from place to place, struggling to fit lots of different things in, yeah. um, whether that be like making content or I'm also a student at university. So yeah. balancing my degree, um, yeah, writing things, doing what I love, seeing my friends, like recharging all the kind of important things. I think it's always such a balance and a push and a pull between I've got this to do, but I've got to prioritise my mental health and look after myself so I think that that is something that I've been thinking a lot more about recently around like yeah time yeah I love that you kind of mentioned the word balance and then mentioned the word words push and pull because push and pull that you know symbolizes a dynamic a constant movement a constant ebb and flow and I think where we often get lost and get stuck is this idea of I need to balance I need everything to be in balance but the thing is that like the only constant ever is change so never never will anything actually be perfectly balanced I mean I was listening to a podcast once where they were saying the only time something is balanced is when it's not moving when it's a flat line um and if you think about like a heart rate monitor like you don't want that to be balanced you want it to be going up and down and up and down um but you're completely right with like the hustle culture and like that compound effect of being autistic already being super sensitive um before we started recording we were talking about how our level of stimulation has to be just right like we can't be overstimulated or understimulated like it, it always has to be kind of in this homeostatic um zone I guess but but that's really difficult you know when 
we do live in this society which like if you sitting on the couch like what are you doing like you're being lazy like if you're not creating like you're being lazy we need to be productive we need to be on 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 all the time and especially with the work that we do you know as content creators i i don't know if you res- well, i'm sure you resonate with this but of course i don't want to assume is this like expectation that i have of like I have an audience that's expecting content from me kind of thing. Um, and and even though, in a sense, we put that pressure on ourselves, because I've announced before, I'm in burnout, I can't create content. Like, everyone's so receptive, like, take all the time you need. And then while taking the time I need, I'm like, yeah, but I need to rush through this again, because I don't have enough time to rest. Like, I need to get back to work kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I just really appreciate you sharing all that because life is busy and life is a lot. Um, and as you said, we do live in a society where there is this pressure to always be turned on. Um, and for me, the whole AI revolution is incredibly... Um, I don't I, I don't even know the right word, but it's incredibly disheartening to me. Like that you know you don't really know what's real anymore um and i think autistic people have such a strong sense of justice and and righteousness and i mean as you read in rainbow girl i literally have a chapter called justice (laughs) um and and integrity like we are so honest and loyal and i think with the whole ai like speeding things up like taking jobs away because ai can take over it it just like adds to that stimulation i feel like um and like don't even get me started on the Instagram algorithm that like punishes you if you don't post every day. Um, it's it's crazy. So yeah, how do you feel like um, like the hustle culture? I guess the society we live in puts additional pressure on autistic people. Um, when it does come to you know work and productivity. Yeah, definitely. I think it is such a massive thing. And I really resonated too with what you're saying about being like a creator online. And I think for me, because my content started from, I hope nobody ever has the experiences that I have. I hope nobody ever um, doesn't understand themselves or isn't understood by the world in the way that I was. There's almost that innate pressure of, I've got to change the world and I've got to change the world for my children, for the next generation of autistic people. So I think that inbuilt pressure has been massive for me. And like the pressure of me feeling like I single handedly need to change the world, Um, even though that's obviously there's like I'm not doing this single handedly. There are a million other people out there doing incredible, incredible work. It does feel like that pressure for me. And I think that comes from me as an autistic person, sometimes struggling to see the bigger picture. Um, But yeah, no, definitely it massively impacts things. And I think um, as well as autistic people, sometimes um, kind of getting stuck in the hustle culture can be a way to block out the things that are difficult in the world. So for example, yeah, yeah, like, it's such a big thing like I think for me for example when I was younger I used to get really stuck into like schoolwork as a perfectionist thing to like um to feel like if I can do this thing right at least I'll feel like a better person at least I'll feel like I can fit into the world in a way that's more meaningful to me so I think that was a massive chart like part of it and now obviously I'm a massive fan of social media but there can be some really strong kind of messages around productivity and hustle culture of like 
I'm doing these five things before 5am this is like my morning routine of people sharing that and like I'm here for that if people can do that but like it is not attainable for so so many of us and it's not fair for us to compare ourselves to that um and I also think around like the stereotypes of autistic people can also kind of play into this narrative around like for example when we think of autism and like the portrayal of autistic people in the media for example Mm -hmm. like for me for a long time I immediately thought of like Sherlock Holmes or Rain Man and like autistic people with very strong savant like abilities and I think there can be that pressure to be like a good like according to society a good kind of autistic person who has a special skill and who is essentially valuable to capitalism so I think that can play into it too um but yeah there's such a like big conversation around the experience as an autistic person in a culture that very much is like a hustle culture and like yeah that kind of thing oh my gosh yeah I mean by my reaction you saw I mean so much to unpack there like especially when you just mentioned like that feeling of like I've got to change the world like even though inherently you know you're not alone there are so many people like you and me you know contributing I I recognized it you know when I wrote Rainbow Girl which is like all about the overlap between autism and eating disorders but it's just my story right it's not like pulling up all the research articles and being like this is like the links kind of thing things that I've done here and there but it was like immediately after Rainbow Girl I, I was getting emails from you know, parents saying like, thank you so much for this book. Um, I have a suggestion for another book. Can you like explain why autistic people get eating disorders? And I'm like, oh no, like, um, even though like I want to write that book, I mean, I already started. Like, it's like I started even though I'm having all these other projects and I'm like, I'm starting something new. Well, I still have all these other things I want to finish. Um, And that comes back to the idea of like, I can never just be intentional about one thing um and you also mentioned the word prioritize which i i want to bring up because i one of my favorite books is the book essentialism by greg McEwen, and it's all about achieving more by doing less i mean the ultimate goal kind of thing right and um he shares the history of the word priority and priority as a word used to be singular priorities did not exist. Prioritize did not exist. It was just, I have a priority. Um, And he talks about in that book how, you know, when capitalism arised and people started working and we had tools and like the whole industrial revolution and people learned they could start doing things faster and in a more productive and efficient manner, we thought we could somehow bend reality by saying, oh, no such thing as priority. Let's just make it priorities. Um. And yeah, and I mean, we are suffering, not suffering, but we are experiencing the effects of that um, because we're trying to live in in an illusion, in a reality that literally does not exist. It's like saying, let's live in a world where gravity is going upwards. Like it's not, it's not physically or just possible in any sense of the word. Um, and I think that is, you know, where we turn to external circumstances, like you mentioned with school when you were younger you know content creation i think being productive and working all the time so that you can almost numb out the feelings that are building up um because the moment you rest you're like i'm a worthless piece of shit i'm not doing anything like um so but i think that's kind of where um 
the the essence of of us comes up i don't even know how to phrase this but like we we are human beings not human doings and i think we we forget that and that's why we numb out and i think in a sense for me this numbing myself in my work just like plunging myself and as long as i'm creating content as long as i'm writing as long as i'm doing something that the external world will deem as oh you're being productive um my microphone is being rude um it's like then i don't have to feel myself and i've noticed that my eating disorder years ago served that exact same purpose it was like i'm gonna put on this mask as long as i do this eating disorder right then then i'm fitting in then i have a, a purpose in this world um but because no one really knows their purpose we try and find it in in everything beyond ourselves which is the biggest paradox right because you're never going to find who you are in any place but who you actually are um i mean there's a reason there are so many self-help books about like how to find your true calling <laughs> how to find your purpose um discover your true self like unlock your authenticity it's like everyone's <laughs> writing about it because it's so freaking hard and no one really knows the answers um because the answers aren't out there um they're in us and i think it's about you know living a life of meaning and fulfillment is about giving yourself the permission to tap into okay what do i want like do i have the answers because you do but because we we question ourselves and we've been conditioned to question ourselves it's like i'll just keep looking out there um but it's a it's a quest that is is deemed to um that is bound to you know lead you to want and want and look and look and search and search endlessly until you burn out so with that said i feel like that's a beautiful transition into the next question which is how do you believe the pressures of hustle culture contribute to autistic burnout yeah i think it is so kind of intertwined with the two it's almost impossible to like celebrate like separate the two and i think that being autistic and like having all the struggles of like pressures to kind of like yeah of like the urge to like numb yourself from all the struggles definitely does contribute to that and like I think it can be so hard to become kind of content with not having the answers to the purpose and the future and like all those things I think it can be so easy to kind of want to create a kind of sense of constant by overworking ourselves or by pushing ourselves further than we should or would want to and I think that can be kind of like a massive um, struggle for autistic people but I think because we are get so used to kind of overdoing it and over pushing ourselves um, it can become a massive struggle like and what sure then in burnout it is so so difficult to come out of it I think prevention is always so much better than kind of curing the burnout once you're there um, so I think, yeah, definitely so important to like take time to rest and to really think and like give ourselves that permission to do that. I think it is so easy to like compare ourselves to all the like non-autistic people in our lives and to think, oh, they're doing this, this and this and this thing. And I should be able to do all of that and manage all of that. But I think the kind of realistic thing is that as autistic people our brains are processing so much more information for example and we are just kind of get easily exhausted by things like social communication because we don't have yeah. the same kind of social like 
um, autistic communication is automatically different to neuro, like non-autistic communication. So I think because we are automatically forcing ourselves to adjust to a world that is fundamentally not built with us in mind, that is absolutely exhausting. And that therefore means that we do have um, less energy. So I think all of those kind of things really need to be kind of put at the forefront of our minds and to like hold that um, thought really. Yeah, I, I love what you, you said, and it reminded me of something, actually a sentence that I wrote in my most recent book, which is actually all about autistic burnout, ironically, which I wrote to get out of my burnout, and it worked, because <laughs> um, that's, you know, my form of self-care is is writing, um, and I initially didn't even intend for it to become a book, but I was writing and writing, and I was like, holy shit, like, everyone should read this. <laughs> um so now I'm actually working on the workbook to go with it because I always say like you can read all the self-help books but you know the actually doing the thing is you achieve something by doing it or in this case not working not doing the thing um and I have a sentence in there that says um the freedom you know to, to live a meaningful life is rooted in the permission um to stop trying to do everything and a huge part of that is accepting that you can't do it all and that's directly linked to accepting that you're autistic i think that in and of itself can be really hard especially for those of us who were diagnosed self-diagnosed or professionally diagnosed later in life like for me i mean i didn't know i was autistic until i was 20 and although it had all of its different ugly manifestations in the form of eating disorder and you know trying to be the perfect student in school i remember you know um whenever we had a group po project it was like okay you guys can just go do something else i'll do the entire project because i want control over this and i don't want you guys to mess this up and in exchange for this um in exchange for me being the leader i'll make sure you guys also all get an a plus kind of thing <laughs> um <laughs> And looking back, I'm like, I took on so much more than I was supposed to, in a sense. And I mean, eating disorder-wise, too. Um, and I think also because we can be so sensitive, like, I felt responsible for my parents' divorce. And I was like, oh, they're, they're breaking up because of my eating disorder, because I wasn't the perfect daughter. We put so much pressure on ourselves. And then when you discover you're autistic, um, like, later in life i mean some people are much older than me and you and i mean i have a client who's 63 and she discovered she's autistic last year and she's like wow like my whole life just it's like clicks into place <laughs> um and i mean that can be really hard to accept because you feel like am am i a different person now that i have this label um but i think part of embracing the autism is actually turning that around and saying you're not actually a different person. You're actually closer to the person you always were. Like, this is your true identity. Um, And I was on a podcast with Amy from the Square Peg podcast. I'm sure you know that podcast. And um, she asked me, like, how do you see autism in the context of Live Label Free? Um, And I talk about how labels can have two purposes, right? They can restrict us. They can limit us. Um, or they can help us function. Um, so, for example, um, I have an eating disorder. To say that would be like limiting myself because you're identifying with disorder, which literally creates lack of order in your life. Um, but when you say, I am autistic, that is me, that is my identity. Oh, because I know that, because I have that self-awareness, 
I'm actually able to set boundaries for myself and protect this space that I know that I need to keep showing up in as the best, most authentic version of me. Um, And yeah, like I said, that first step to saying that is actually accepting that you are autistic, that that is your identity. Um, So yeah, kind of um, because we, I know we just talked about like, well, I just did a whole monologue, (laughs) you know, um, uh, discovering your autistic later in life and how that you know your childhood and being younger it can almost feel like a really distant part of your past um and i know that on instagram you recently showed how you've been unable to keep up with the pace of life in the same way that you were when you were younger so can you kind of elaborate on that because i'm sure that many people will relate yeah like when i shared that um so many people were just like I relate and I was just surprised at how many people kind of responded to that with like their own kind of experiences or stories um and I think it is so so like I'm such a massive thing um I think that is almost autistic before you knew you were autistic and autistic after you know you're autistic and like for me I always talk about um like how realizing I was autistic really saved and changed my life in so many incredible and amazing ways like it gave me permission to kind of be myself and to understand myself more it gave permission for me to like adjust my life um to facilitate myself and to allow myself to thrive as an autistic person and I don't believe I would have been able to or understood enough to be able to do those things without realizing I was autistic so I think that um I think that it it has partly been that and realizing I was autistic that has given me the realization that actually I can't do everything that I used to be able to do before and still manage to be like look after myself and to manage my mental health so I think that has been like a big realization for myself um and I think also it is around like um kind of yeah like understanding the more you understand yourself the more you can facilitate your kind of like looking after yourself you struggling to nourish yourself due to autistic burnout or the overwhelm of cooking i know the struggle all too well my friend which is why i'm so excited to share one of my favorite ways to make healthy meal prep almost effortless the key ingredient is new zest clean lean protein and before you think oh no another sleazy supplement advertisement i promise you new zest clean lean protein is different just like the neurodivergent people are different plus i'm not here to waste your time telling you that you need to take special greens powders with 85,000 ingredients or that you need to drink my special brand of lemon water that costs a fortune I'm all about simple. Simple ingredients, minimal executive functioning required, and easy to digest. So how does New Zest Clean Lean Protein fit into all of this? Well first, let me tell you what it is. New Zest Clean Lean Protein is a 100% plant-based protein powder made from premium European golden peas that have been grown in the rich soils of northern France and processed in Belgium using a patented water-based technique. The result is a silky smooth texture, meaning you can say goodbye to vegan protein powders that are gritty and taste like grass. 
Along with supreme sourcing and processing techniques, Newzest Clean Lean Protein goes through a robust testing regime to ensure the product is safe and free of the most common allergens like gluten, soy, and dairy. Pesticide and heavy metal, such as lead testing, are also conducted to ensure that Newzest products meet the World Health Organization standards. I'm sure I don't need to tell you this, but autistic people, as well as those with a history of disordered eating, tend to be very sensitive, which is why it is so important what we put in our bodies. Although we know this, it can feel impossible to make or eat something nutritious when you're in burnout or your executive function capabilities are practically zero. But here's exactly where Newzest Protein is a lifesaver. You can mix it into just about anything, whether this be yogurt, oatmeal, a smoothie, add it to your cereal and milk. Heck, you can even mix it with applesauce. Personally, one of my favorite ways to use Newzest is to make chocolate protein pudding that's not only super delish, but also super nutrish. All you gotta do is take about a cup of your favorite yogurt, I personally prefer whole milk Greek yogurt, mix in a scoop of Newzest rich chocolate cleanly protein, and a tablespoon of cocoa or cacao powder. Then you mix it all up, and I love to top it off with fruit such as banana, strawberry, blueberries, whatever floats your boat, some granola and nut or seed butter of some kind. And there you have it, chocolate pudding that's not only high protein and ready in less than 5 minutes, but you hit all the food and vitamin groups so you can preserve your precious energy to use outside of the kitchen. The best news of all, you can get a whopping 20% off your order on Newzest's websites. And yes, I did say websites plural because Newzest is available worldwide so it has different websites for different countries across the globe. And all you have to do is use my code livelabelfree20 at checkout. Simply head over to livelabelfree.com forward slash newzest. Click on your country, fill your cart, and use my code livelabelfree20 for 20% off your order. So that's livelabelfree20 to get 20% off your order. Now let's get back to today's episode. For me, now that I am older and um, I'm like older as an autistic person, it has given me the realisation that I was pushing myself in ways that I possibly shouldn't have when I was younger that was leading to leading to burnout and that kind of thing. Um, and I think the cumulative effects of like being autistic in a world that's not built for you also contributes to kind of burnout and not being able to do the things that you used to like. For example, if we're holding something heavy for like a year or if we're holding, it's going to be a lot easier than holding something heavy for 10 years. Like the longer that you're holding on to something and like the longer that you're holding on to like the weight of the world um, as an autistic person who is like the world isn't designed for, um, the more difficult it's going to be. So I think there's that as well. But also, um, yeah, no, I just wanted to say how excited I am for your book and how much I just loved Rainbow Girl mm. like it is genuinely changing like I've recommended it to so many people and so mm. many people have said to me like oh it's really kind of changing the way they're seeing the autistic experience of um eating disorders and like how yeah like I know earlier you were saying like feeling that pressure to kind of change things but yeah your book is doing that and your next Thank book you. I'm sure will continue to do that like it's just yeah, no, just wanted to say kind of how much I loved it. Oh my gosh, I, I'm i like actually starting to cry right now, which mm -hmm. I always, whenever I do cry, it's like 
very rare for me to actually have tears. Um, and I think that's one of the autistic empathy misconceptions is like, you don't have emotions. But I think, you know, when I do really express emotions, it's like, then you know you've been deeply touched in a way. Um, so just thank you so much for saying that, Lou. I mean, it it means like more than I can even express in words. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'll, you'll definitely be the first one to to read my next book. Um, I'm I'm so excited for it. Um, and it's funny because I often had you in mind while I was writing it because you are one of my biggest, you know. Uh, role models and you know in in this space you are just such an amazing advocate and writer and the way in which you are able to you know illustrate um concepts and and feelings that I mean I have never myself been able to put into words I'm like this is it this is it this is it and and you're just like out there pumping it out every day um and I mean yeah kind of right when you going back to what you're saying but like feeling like you've got to change the world like you are we are changing the world and I think when we can take a moment you know step back and like maybe have that be part of like a slowing down routine is like every time you say I am going to do something for myself to prevent burnout is almost making it like an autistic ritual to say like I'm going to take some time to reflect on how far I've come in the past three months six months year I mean one of my favorite quotes is um people overestimate what they can do in one year but they underestimate what they can do in five years and I think that is so so true is like we pile it on like I need to write so many books this year and this many posts and this much content um but when we look back at like what we've accomplished in the past five years like I don't think either of us could have ever imagined you know what we've been able to do and especially what we've been able to contribute and I think that is you know almost I mean the fact I don't even know how to say this but I think that reciprocation like the energy you get back from everything you've been putting out like that's what we do it for I mean like you saying that like you've changed my life with Rainbow Girl like mom's reaching out to me saying like I finally understand my autistic child like I'm like this is what I do this for and I mean, I'm sure you feel the same way with <laughs> with the comments and the messages and, and everything. Um, so, yeah, again, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, and, yeah, I definitely relate to, you know, not feeling like I can keep up with the same pace of, of being a kid. But I think at the same time, that is part, part of the journey um, because maybe we're doing, like, objectively or less but I think the quality of what we're doing is so much deeper I mean we wouldn't be creating these posts on Instagram or writing books when we were 14 15 right so I think um it's it's not even like an equation like I'm doing more or less it's it's just different just like just like autism is different and not more or less it's all a spectrum um so yeah thanks again so much for sharing that um and kind of going off that I think part of slowing down means indeed letting go of activities that fill your time with busy time um and really deepening and going in on like what what more quality work can I do like what is actually really important um that I can focus all that energy on um I'm wondering for you if there are specific tasks that you've been like I have to let go of this to like maintain my sanity 
Yeah, I think that one of the things that I've implemented recently, which has massively helped is actually, it was one of my friends that was talking about it as like an idea, but um, it's massively kind of changed the way I do things is when somebody asks me to do something or something comes up, um, I think to myself, is it a definite yes? And if it's not a definite yes, it's a no. Um, and I think thinking about things like that has made a massive difference to like how I am and like kind of um, breaking down those social expectations that we all internalize of like, I should be doing this thing, I should be doing that thing. But for me, I think I look at it as if, is this thing bringing me joy or is it kind of meaningful to me in some way? And if it's not, then not doing that or working out a way to do that in a way that's kind of easier. So for me, like I have started not like keeping myself, like my stuff um, as tidy as I used to have it before. Mm -hmm. like, I used to be very like pressured around keeping my things tidy. I mean, I've never been a massively tidy person, but a lot more than I am now. And now I just think, yes, I can survive with it a bit messy. like it's not the end of the world, but it saves me so much energy, not having to put every single thing away like every time. So I'm just having like my hairbrush out, like the things that I use on a daily basis, like pens, notepads, all those kind of things out and not having to like tidy them away each time. And it actually, it's made a massive difference. Um, but also just like, like accommodating myself. And like, if I need to drive somewhere, driving somewhere instead of putting myself under the pressure of like, or oh, I'm going to get two buses because it's like cheaper or it makes it like better for the environment. Like yeah. I think that is always a balance to be had with like, yeah. obviously we want to think about our kind of impact, but also kind of recognizing that actually sometimes it isn't manageable for me to do everything that I would like to do. Um, and like really kind of trying to slow down with that kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I love that, you know, that question of is this bringing me joy and is this like a hell yes? Otherwise, mm -hmm. it's a hell no kind of thing. I mean, and that is hard Um, because I think part of this is also challenging that black and white thinking. Because like for me, I mean, I don't drive. I'm one of those autistic people that's absolutely terrified to learn how to drive because <laughs> I don't want to get in a car accident. Um, but anyways, kind of side tangent there. Um, I think for me, if it was like, taking two buses or driving I would have this fear of like well if I choose to take two buses one day then I have to take those two buses every day because then it's not consistent anymore kind of thing um which yeah is is hard and is a lifelong journey for me and the the eating disorder was definitely a a convenient way for that black and white thinking to manifest itself um and now with you know that being part of my past I have noticed it show up in, in different areas of my life, kind of like with the working, like, oh, well, I work every day at this time. Like, I'm tired today, but I don't, it, that doesn't matter because I always do it this way. Um, But then it's like coming back to your true authentic self and saying like, is forcing myself to do this right now? Like, is this actually contributing meaning to me? Like, is this actually fulfilling my life's purpose kind of thing um yeah and and going back to that word priority like what's the priority right now like my energy my sanity my joy or slaving away at this external circumstance that you know isn't really contributing to anything if i can't even put my full energy into that um so yeah i i mean if there's like one huge takeaway of like of like the whole question of like 
finding our purposes, I feel like every day if you ask yourself, like, what's going to bring me joy today? I feel like that one question can just change someone's entire life, honestly. <laughs> um, for, for me, like, the big question every morning is like, what do I want today? How do I want to feel today? And And then kind of going from there, like, okay, then I can kind of mix and match activities that can bring that into it. And of course, those tasks we have to do every day that, you know, aren't really an option. Um, Like if I have a client call or if I have to get groceries or I mean, shower, you know, like there are things we do have to do. Um, And then for me, you know, what's really helpful in those times is, you know, saying, okay, after I do this thing that I don't want to do, like doing the laundry, I'm going to treat myself to, you know, journaling for 20 minutes or doing something that makes me happy that brings me joy um so yeah and then again going back to that whole 5 a.m people getting up and it's just like okay i start with my lemon water and then i make my green smoothie that just takes like an hour to blend then i go to my pilates class and as if that's not enough exercise i also do an hour of like toning and i'm like (laughs) this is so not realistic like that's great if you can do that but I think the whole health influencer thing also just has been taken to just an unhealthy idolization extreme, especially for autistic people. Because if you see me up at 5 a.m., like, you'll be looking at a zombie. Um, So, yeah, yeah, again, it's like choosing, like, what is your priority? Is it you feeling happy and healthy? Or is it you slaving away at something that only basically you've pressured yourself into? <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, um. And then, yeah, kind of bounce, bouncing, going off all that. I was like trying to find a fancy, eloquent word, but I the wrong thing came up, um, which happens sometimes. <laughs> and this is why I love writing, um, because it's like I always tell people when I'm writing and I make a mistake, there's no one to like judge me for it. Like no one is like <laughs> looking. Um, but when I, I'm in public and I say something, everything's like everyone's like, you're weird. And as a kid, I'd always be like, oh, just kidding. Um, and that was a huge form of masking for me until one of my friends, one time, friends, um, I believe I was 12, um, she, she comes up, Livia, whenever you say something mean, you always say, just kidding. And I was like, oh no, caught red-handed, no pun intended, red instead. Um, yeah, but anyways, um, yeah, kind of to conclude all of this, I think we can both agree that slowing down can, you know, improve our quality of life can help us find that autistic joy and help us feel more present and thus just live a more meaningful life which is i think everyone's ultimate goal um so yeah with all that said what does a meaningful life mean to you lou yeah i think for me a meaningful life is one that like you said like one that brings me joy to kind of wake up to and where I'm going to bed looking forward to the next day um I think it's also one where I'm rested and I've looked after myself and I've treated myself like I would like one of my friends so for example like if one of my friends came to me and kind of said to me like oh Lou I've got so much work to do but I'm absolutely exhausted like I'm not sure what to do I would 100% be telling them to go back to bed, have a nap, um, do something that brings them joy, like, you know, journaling or going for a walk with the dog or whatever it is, like, kind of, I would not be telling them to kind of go and do their work, even though they're absolutely exhausted. And I hope that to extend the same kind of grace to myself. So, yeah, no, that's what kind of a meaningful life looks like. As well as that, I think 
having rest days and like one of the things that I've been talking about a lot recently is how I've like started to schedule in like days where there's no expectations and like no kind of pressure on myself where I can just completely rest and sometimes that'll look like having the whole day in bed because that's what I need and that's Mm -hmm. like a massive way to kind of prevent burnout for me so I think that that is really important as part of a meaningful life like you can't do the things that give you so much joy and energy and kind of are meaningful and kind of push your life on without also acknowledging kind of the rest and like nurturing yourself yes yes and I mean I I just love how it brings this whole conversation full circle you know with the ebb and flow thing you can't always be in an ebb you can't always be in a flow mm-hmm. it's like you gotta keep shifting and if you've been on this side for so long creating content speaking talking you know up 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 go 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 it's like you're gonna reach a point where it's like okay we need to be more on this side now and when we've like counteracted that energy we can come back and keep shifting um yeah and with that said you know i think that burnout for autistic people is unfortunately like in in our lifetime i feel like it's not something that we can say like i am going to avoid this for good forever Mm -hmm. um because i think especially with our difficulty sometimes sensing our boundaries um we overstep them without even knowing it um because of course that interoceptive awareness plays into it and stuff it's like oh my god I'm so tired but I don't even know why and then you take a moment and you're like I've been like going 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 for like the past five Mm -hmm. months and never resting like of course I just want to lay in bed for a month it's like you need to make up for everything that you know you didn't give yourself permission to have before um so yeah, I, I mean I love I love what you said about living a meaningful life and how that means, you know, having joy and oh my gosh, what you said about, you know, taking my own advice, like what would I say to a friend and then actually following that? Because yeah. <laughs> I am so good at like helping my clients. Like, maybe you can invite this into your life. Like, how about we're curious about this? But it's like when I talk to myself, I'm like, I'm like a devil. I'm like, Livia, you're not doing enough. You always have to do more. What are you talking about? You woke up an hour late. Oh, well, now you have to work an extra hour just to make up. I'm like, I am like, if I said that to one of my clients, like, I would be the worst, meanest person ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, like you said, um, being generous and joyful to yourself is just as important because yeah, it's so cliche, but like, you can't actually give positive energy to the world if you are not positive energy to mm-hmm. yourself. Um, so yeah, um, do you have anything else, kind of last words of wisdom you want to leave before we wrap up this episode? I would say that resting is an act of loving yourself and caring about yourself enough to rest is one of the most important things. Yes, yes. And if I may add to that, I think with our, you know, discussion on productivity, I think rest can be one of the most productive things you can do, um, especially in a society of hustle culture, because one of my favorite quotes is the opposite of courage in our society is not cowardice, it's conformity. And I think, you know, you have the permission to stop conforming to the hustle, to the productivity. Um, and, you know, to rest and actually do something drastically different than what society tells you to do that is true courage um so yeah before we wrap up i mean lou i'm sure that everyone knows who you are but in case they don't can you share with our listeners where they can find you what would be the best way to connect 
Yeah, no, perfect. Um, I am at neurodivergent underscore Lou on Instagram um, and variations of that. So at neuro underscore Lou on X um, and oh, also, X, yeah, yeah, it's, not it's Twitter confusing anymore. now, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and neurodivergent underscore Lou on TikTok has off recently as well. Oh. So yeah really looking forward to seeing you over there <laughs> yeah well i'll drop all those links in the show notes for everyone because i mean i'm not on exo tiktok like if i did that i'd be like dying under a rock right now <laughs> um mm-hmm. but yeah i'll drop everything in the show notes and i mean if you're not following her listeners on instagram and everywhere else like you you got it because she lou is one of the most valuable people in the space i swear um so yeah again thank you so much for coming on the podcast lou it has been such a true pleasure speaking to you after such a long time. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm just so excited that, you know, we have this safe space and we are able to contribute together to help other people find their version of meaningful and a joyful life. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye-bye for now. Just one foot in front of the other. This podcast has been recorded by your host, Liv. This podcast has been edited by my small but mighty Liv Label Free team. And the beautiful song, One Foot in Front of the Other, that you are now listening to was written and recorded by my beautiful mom, Louise Alexandra. I am so grateful for my team and everyone who supports Live Label Free. Together, we are always stronger.